Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Healthy Marriage Podcast, a podcast aimed at strengthening the most important asset of all families, the marriage. My name is Dr. Corey Gilbert, an author, university professor, licensed professional counselor, a life coach and researcher, and speaker on topics such as gender abuse, sexual ethics, trauma, and sexuality issues today. I will be your host. In this podcast, we will focus on strengthening marriages, encouraging families, and tools for practical living, such as how to have hard conversations with my kids about hard subject matters. I will demonstrate many of these with my own children via these podcasts. We are sponsored by the Healthy Marriage Inner Circle, a community of families, parents, and leaders that want to strengthen the family, and it all starts with marriages. Join in on the conversation in our free Facebook group at facebook.com groups slash the healthy marriage. Now let's get into this week's episode. Hey there, this is Dr. Corey Gilbert, and I'm here with my son, Alex. Hello. Uh, we are here on the Healthy Marriage Podcast. Also, the Warrior Marriage Podcast is the new name. Um, but we are going to be walking through Living in a Gray World by Preston Sprinkle, and this is Chapter 3. Uh, now, this gets more difficult. This one, the title is, What Does the Bible Say About Homosexuality? So thanks for being here with me, Alex. Mm-hmm. Um, not easy stuff, is it? No. Yeah, so you've read this. Mm, yes, I have. And we're going to walk through... Um, kind of a conversation through some of these key passages, which is really, um, many would say, way past your age, I would actually say is critical, right? Yes. Why do you think that's so important today? Because nowadays it's normal. You need, to, you need to be able to teach your kids that it's not a normal thing and to not be like, oh, it's all okay, and to let them just actually know that it's not natural for us to be like that, or okay. for people to do that. Okay, not natural is a dangerous way to say it. But Not how I, God designed us. There you go. I love that. Um, because one of the other, I like, again, Preston Sprinkle's book, it's called People to be Loved, his other book. It's so critical to remind ourselves of that these are men and women, friends of ours, people we know that um, are usually struggling. So that's an important one. So the first passage we're going to talk about is the passage from Sodom and Gomorrah, looking at Genesis 19 and 5. Um, can you read that one? Yeah, if you want to think of the book. Yeah. Kind of hard, a lot of stuff here. Go for it. Yeah. Okay, it says, Two men visit the city of Sodom and Lot, Abraham's nephew, and and takes them into his home. All of a sudden, the men of of the city come banging on Lot's door and shouting, Where are the men who came to you tonight? Bring them out to us. We want to have sex with them. Genesis 19.5. Yeah, Genesis 19.5. So the critical thing here is actually in this passage with Sodom and Gomorrah. Um... This is attempted gang rape, gang rape, um, and this is obviously wrong. But many will argue, and if you look at queer theology, this is not does not apply. Um, and Preston says absolutely so, and so do I, um, that this does not apply. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. This is different than a consensual relationship. So then we're going to see in a minute that even in a consensual relationship, it's also condemned. This one's not. Now. Um, we come back to the question that was asked earlier in other episodes. Can two people of the same sex fall in love, get married, and have sex? So we're going to keep trying to answer that. Um, but look at Ezekiel 16, 49, and 50. Read that one. It says, Here is the sin your sister Sodom committed. She and her daughters were proud. They ate too much, and they were not concerned about others. They did not help those who were poor and in need. They were very proud. So here, actually, the, the Sodomites were condemned for pride, which is an important um, distinction. So next one is Leviticus. 
So Leviticus mm-hmm. 18.22, do not have sex with a man as you would have sex with a woman. I hate that. And then the other verse, 20.13, go ahead. Suppose a man has sex with another man as he would have sex with a woman. I hate what they have done. They must be put to death. Anything that happens to them will be their own fault. Yeah, so these are some pretty strong passages, aren't they? Mm-hmm. It kind of, it's clear, but it also seems mean. At least that's my take on it there. But the comment from Preston, no mention of rape or attempted violence. This one's different. So the fact that both of them are punished shows that the act was consensual. Mm-hmm. That's a big one. Mm-hmm. So this was a consensual relationship that's being saying this is not okay. Now this point that we were talking about before we started recording, um, that the the difficulty with these passages in the Old Testament is they are almost like a pick and choose what you follow. So like it also condemns eating catfish, wearing poly cotton blends, and shaving the edges of your beard. Weird, isn't it? Yes, that doesn't make any sense. Yeah. But so then Preston unpacks that very well, um, that it's a good point. We need to look at that. But if you look at the context of chapter 18, it's kind of the so-called sex chapter. There are tons of rules about sexual partners. Do you remember some of them? Right here. Oh, yeah. Um, It says not to have sex with our brothers, sisters, mothers, fathers, aunts, uncles, and so on. And not to have sex with other animals, not to have sex with another man's wife, and not to sacrifice their kids to foreign gods. Yeah, so that last one I guess I can't do right. <laughs> oh, crud. Wait. Yeah, so the Bible only endorses opposite sex partners from different families. And we know genetically that that's actually very much a, a big deal. If you have sex with someone of your same family, there's consequences in terms of the child that's born. Um, so that's important um, that science backs it up as well. Um, yeah, and that's a big one, Leviticus. So the rest of that chapter talks more about all the sexual things still apply today. Uh, why wouldn't this one, if you will? So that's important to, to think about, but we'll lay that to the side a second. Now, Jesus on homosexuality. This one's simple. What does it say? It, it, Jesus never mentions homosexuality, pretty much. Right, so the question ends up becoming... Is that Jesus isn't... If, it, if he's silent, does that mean that he's affirmant? It does not. Right. That is not at all what it's saying. There's a lot of things that are silent, um, either because they do, didn't exist back then, um, but they this Jesus didn't mention it. Go ahead. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, so this is an important distinction that Jesus didn't, but it doesn't mean endorsement. It's so important. But in the New Testament, Romans 1, so... So God let them continue to have their shameful desires. Their women committed sexual acts that were not natural. In the same way, the men turned away from their natural love for women. They burned with sexual desire for each other. Men did shameful things with other men. They suffered in their bodies for all the wrong they had done. Yeah, so first, some of the points from Preston is Paul says that both male and female homosexual sex is not natural. This is kind of what you said in the beginning. It's not natural. But what we end up feeling if we know someone or this is a friend not if but those we do know um it feels judgmental and so i think that's an important thing was a lot of times we feel like we're judging someone um and and we need to hold that and think about that and we'll come back to that here in a minute second one he points out um there's a whole pile of sins in romans a long list of sins and the fact is is we all fit in those sins go ahead and read romans 129 through 31 there 
They want more than they need. They commit murder. They want what belongs to other people. They fight and cheat. They hate others. They say mean things about other people. They tell lies about them. They hate God. They are rude and proud. They brag. They, they think of new ways to do evil. They don't obey their parents. They do not understand. They can't be trusted. They are not loving and kind. Ouch. We've, we've all done at least one of those. That's yeah. just human. Yeah. And so that's important to, dis- to distinguish uh, another really important point in this is that Romans 1 doesn't just talk about abusive or non-consensual same-sex acts. Um, he says that they burned with sexual desire for each other and they suffered in their bodies for all the wrongs that they did, Romans 1, 26 and 27. The phrase not natural doesn't mean that something is weird or creepy. It's another really important point. It means that same-sex inter- intercourse goes against the design of the Creator God. And that's... That's important. So he made men and women to function in a certain way, and he's saying this one, this is not the way that you were meant to be. There's a lot of things like that where we were we're acting in a certain way, but it's not necessarily the way we were meant to be. Um, can you think of anything like that? Were we meant to lie? After Adam and Eve, that's just the human nature is to lie and to do wrong. and to Was that God's sin. design? Not originally, right. no. Right. And if you think of in the garden before that, before sin. Everything was perfect. There mm-hmm. was no lying, cheating. Yeah. But yet they worked the garden and they, you know, interacted and they they lived. Mm-hmm. But it's amazing to think of what that would be like today if we didn't have to deal with sin, which is scary and you know, also intriguing. Yeah. This is an important point that I wanted to kind of point out is that we need to read these verses with tears in our eyes, tears of sorrow over the bitter struggle that we all have over our sin, all, every one of us, and tears of joy over Jesus, who has triumphed over all our sin. The homosexuality question is first and foremost about beautiful people loved by God. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the heart of compassion is so critical for us as parents and for our children as well, as they wrestle with some really difficult things, probably younger than we wish that they had to wrestle with them. Because as we've seen, they're in every movie, aren't they? There's the gay characters making this all normal and okay. First uh, Corinthians 6, Paul mentions same-sex behavior and a list of sins. So this is a long list of things that we all, again, we've all done. Don't you know that people who do wrong will not receive God's kingdom? That's a harsh statement. That's all of us, really. Don't be fooled. Those who commit sexual sins will not receive the kingdom. Uh, what is, is pornography included in that? Is, you know, lust is... Adultery, everything. Neither will those who worship statues of gods or commit adultery. I wonder what kind of things we worship that we need to be careful and and rethink. Neither will men who sleep with other men. Neither will thieves or those who always want more and more. Neither will those who are often drunk or tell lies or cheat. People who live like that will not receive God's kingdom. Like that just is an indictment. Scary, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. And so he lists same-sex behavior in that list as well, along with stealing, greed. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yep, yep. Hard stuff, isn't it? It needs to be talked about. Yep. First uh, Timothy 1. Let's see, it's 9, nine through 10. Um, we also know that the law isn't made for godly people. It is for those who commit sexual sins. It is... For those who commit homosexual acts, it is for people who buy and sell slaves. It is for liars. It is for people who tell lies in court. It is for those who are witness 
to things that aren't true, and it is also uh, it is for anything else that is the opposite of true teaching. So we know based off these passages that homosexuality is not God's perfect design. That's important, right? Yes. But they're also, as Preston reminds us so well, people to be loved and encouraged towards living a godly life. That there are probably things for you and things for me that we have to die to, that we have to surrender to God, which is so hard. Mm-hmm. Um, some think that marriage is the answer for everything. And it's no, being married is difficult and it's a dying to self and it's doing things you may not really have chosen to do if you weren't married. Um, what are some things that stand out to you in those passages that we've read? Just how straightforward and how just on point and just it specifically some in some of the verses just talks about that and just some of the verses are vaguer and just mm-hmm. I've never actually heard of a lot of these verses. Right. Just like, hmm, mm-hmm. didn't know that. And when we look at the theology from um, you know, queer theology, one of the things that it looks at these passages, it says basically none of them apply. So one of the practices I have as a counselor and as a, a speaker and, and teacher is I actually don't address these these verses as much because these verses are um, a place of contention. But if you look at the whole of Scripture, human sexuality, it actually centers around the sexual piece, two sexually different people coming together in marriage. And so there's no room for it outside of marriage. It's for in marriage, two sexually different people loving each other and actually committing for life. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's a critical like starting point, actually, to developing a theology of uh, sexuality, of homosexuality, um, of even the, our lusts and desires, if you will. So some of the final points is the argument that if two people love each other, and aren't hurting anyone that should just get married isn't a good enough argument. That's just, that doesn't hold water, and we'll keep looking at that coming up. The argument that since God makes people gay, it must be okay is also a poor one. Um, the marriage between Adam and Eve in Genesis 2 reveals God's design for marriage. And again, bringing two sexually different people together. Jesus and Paul quote Genesis 2 and assume that marriage should be between a man and a woman. Um, so some pretty important stuff. Yes. Yeah. And so you're someone at, you're how old? 13. Yeah. So at 13, you're, you're already seeing this when we watch The Voice and two guys get up to sing. Or a few weeks ago, it was twin girls, but one of them had transitioned to male. So it looked male, female. And then they, they're beautiful voices. But we have to address these issues with our children sooner than we probably would want to. But this is so important. Um, again, I think one of the most important things that Preston Sprinkle brings out in this is but these stories aren't just stories. These are people to be loved mm-hmm. and to be encouraged. So next week we'll look at chapter 4, which dives into gender, transgender, and intersex. So thanks for being a part of this, Alex. Yep. Look forward to next week. All right. Bye. Thank you for tuning in to the Healthy Marriage Podcast. I hope these become valuable resources full of encouragement and challenges as you lead your family well and with confidence, and definitely not alone. Find out more about all that we do at healinglives.com. I want to see your family, and specifically your marriage, thrive. 
Thank you to our sponsor, The Healthy Marriage Inner Circle. And to access my new best-selling book for parents, go to ICan'tSayThat.com to purchase and receive the audiobook for free. It's an honor to serve.